This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that can't believe what happened on Saturday either. Now, I normally have um, a very polemical bit of right. I actually kind of really enjoy doing it, you know, I, my little intros to the show, but I've gone a different route tonight, and a one, and a two, and a one, two, three, four. Tommy T got it wrong, da 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 da, and we played like shit. Da, 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 da. Losing 4-1 to Brentford da, 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 da. It's the fucking pits da, 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 da. Werner is useless da, 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 da. And the team couldn't pass da, 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 da. Lukaku as ever da, 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 da. Didn't move his fat ass And that's why I'm singing the post-international break Chelsea Blues Yeah There can only be one title for tonight's show And that's Chidge, don't give up your day job. No, it is the post-international break Chelsea Blues Chelsea fancast number 888. Although I kind of wish it was 666 tonight because uh, the devil had something to do with that. Or the devil, as Martin and I were saying on Saturday, had something to do with that performance. But there you go. Mr. Kid, do I, have I, have I uh, passed the audition for the Rudy V's tour? Alas, Chidge. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll get you up on stage, though, if you come to the gig. What to do? Sing. Sing what? That. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we need a few more verses. Well, and perhaps a bit of rehearsal. But nevertheless... I've not rehearsed that at all. That was great. I had a bit of rehearsal, yes, I say. I think it's quite a good song, that. Yeah, it's clever. Yeah. Beats the right... Do you know what? I didn't have time to write an intro today, so I thought, oh, fucking do a song instead. Yeah, I, hey, I, you, it's your show. You ain't. No, 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 no. It's your show, Jonathan. No, 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 no. If I was my show, I wouldn't have done it, but that's irrelevant. <laughs> How are you anyway? You're all right. Good to see you. Yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit, um, 
uh, I foolishly went to the gym and ran and cycled. So I now have today a body like a 95 year old man. Um, uh, despite when doing it, I had a body of a 50 year old man. Uh, no, I, 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 I find, you know, um, I think the problem with being a Chelsea fan at the moment is because they play so well, when they play completely appallingly, I get really, really upset by it. Um, and it, it doesn't really matter saying, oh, well, you know, on to the next one and all of this business. People don't go, oh, look at them, you know, uh, I'd be happy. They're third, you know, they're in the semi, you know, they're in quarterfinals of the European uh, Champions League and all of this. People just finding ways out of not being as miserable as we all really are. I'm, I'm, I was, You're wallowing in your misery, aren't you? I am. I am. I'm like a hippo in a, a mud bath yeah. of, of misery. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really not happy. Oh, well, never mind. I, I would imagine that our one and only and very special and much, much treasured guest will make you happy tonight, wouldn't it? Well, I think the, the problem is, is the way he's on nearly every show. I think that I, you're, you're, you're sending me a message, Chidge, that I'm, uh, I'm being ousted. Mind you, during the week, <sighs> during the week, Chidge, did you see that because uh, of uh, Son of Chelsea was on, there was the theory that he was, in fact, the the man in waiting, and that both and Dane's the next one. Both oh, you and I we're, are going to be. We're, we're both getting fired. Coup. There's a coup. There's a coup. We're, I like there's it. There's a coup. We're both going to be elbowed out. Yeah. I like it. Or is the and young the ones? That, the young ones used to say a poo coup. Yeah, yeah, that would be a, a, a poo coup. Boku de poo coup. No, poo poo coup. Oh, yeah, poo coup. Yeah, yeah. Enough of that. Thank you. But anyway, the fact that Martin has been on nearly every show now for the past three weeks has made me I suspicious. Know. We got a th- it's a three header now. It's a three he header, not a two header. He's, he is good though. Chich. He's very good. He's, he's very good. He's, he's very, very good. good, and we missed him hugely. And uh, as he reminded me on on Saturday, he's making up for uh, his absence. And is he ever? Uh, the wonderful Martin Wickham, who I had, I, had, I well, I'll t- I'll talk more about this later on. But I I cannot tell you how lovely it was to see all of you lot. Martin and I had a had a good time in the cock, and uh, actually we went to the protest. More of that later. And, but mark, uh, me and, mark me and wrote a note saying that um, that you weren't there and it was you. There you were. What, me? Oh, yeah, there was a picture of you up there. And, no, uh, no, I wasn't I wasn't in the protest. I observed, like a no, UN, no, no, like a a UN peace observer. No, no, Mark posted a picture of you in the Atlas afterwards. Oh, no, we were in the Lily. I was in the Lily anyway, yeah, wherever we were in the Lily. I was in Tell, Tell, True Blue Terry. Yeah, True Blue Terry. And, uh, Terry, and he, he tried to make out it wasn't you. I, I think maybe there was a bloke on the other table. I don't know what he was talking about, to be really honest. Mark will no doubt uh, tell us more if he's listening. You and your flat hat, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me lovely black, me flat cap. Uh, anyway, Martin, how the devil are you, mate? It was lovely to see you on Saturday. It's exactly what I've missed for nigh on four or five months or whatever it is. Yeah, a lot. It was good to see you too, mate. Um, I've just had a thought. If this is Fancast episode 888, do you provide subtitles? Very good. Do you know, oh, that's it. that is very, very good, actually, because, you see, the best I could do with was the fact that I used to do a little bit of uh, telly work for 888 Sport. Ah. And it, that was, was my first thought when I saw it. It kind of brought back a few nightmares, actually. But it's <laughs> pretty why you stopped thinking of it. Yeah. Well, no, I, I did get to work with Shane Warne as a result of doing that. So oh, it, you know, yeah. It wasn't all bad. And Claridge became quite a mate, and I like Claridge because he's nuts. What's happened to Claridge? I don't know, mate. I really don't know. It's a shame, though. He's what really, really that- good. He was a top pundit. Top pundit. He was. He was. He was. He was. Anyway, boys, good to see you. It's only the three of us, three men in a podcast tonight. Uh, The lovely Alex was supposed to be with us, but uh, 
I believe she's otherwise, uh, um, yeah, she's got other more important things to do tonight. Bless her. So uh, apologies on her behalf. And Alex, I hope you're all right, my love, as always. Now, uh, we do have a show, of course, and we are going to talk about football, of course. And uh, on the show tonight in part one, we ask, what the fuck happened? Uh, did Tommy T get it wrong? Was it the effects of the international break? And uh, where and where was the Chelsea defence? And frankly, we do care to misquote Barry Davies. Uh, and in part two, we continue the Chelsea versus Brentford review by celebrating Rudiger's goal, but not for quite as long as he did. Uh, we ask, have the last couple of weeks caught up with Tuchel and his team, or was it just a bad day at the office like it was against West Brom last season a year ago, in fact? And in part three... No fannies, as no one deserved any. And uh, the boys in Discord, I think, felt much the same because I couldn't find any nominations, so I scrapped that. Uh, but we do have one email. And then typically we got two in, like literally when I turned my computer on when I got home a few minutes ago, but they'll have to wait till next week. Uh, but we've got one email. It's very funny, and I liked it. It's from Ian Wood, and he's got a very dry sense of humour. Uh, but we thought to flesh it out a bit, we'll have a bit of an update on what's going on with all the takeover stuff. And to wrap up in part four, we look ahead to Chelsea Champions League quarterfinal first leg against Real Madrid, which I'm massively looking forward to. So there we go. We'll talk about that later. And uh, don't forget, of course, you can listen to the show live every... Ah. Thank you. Every Monday at 7pm by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea fancast, where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page. As so many of you lovely people do uh now and i've already got a few uh messages from them these lovely people um oh my god we haven't seen we haven't seen pc for a while mr crowder's in and uh he, he said something he said there we go he said about now now jk now i don't mean to do you down here at all because i know i know how uber talented you are at everything and and how special the, the rudy v's are but paul is a proper muso you know, he was in The Adventures and he's got a great new band, The Automatics. Actually, they've been going around for a long time. Brilliant drummer. Do you know what he said about my song? Tell me, Chidge. I'm going to, mate. He said, that's very good, Chidge. So there you go. I have got praise from high, high praise from worthy people. Chidge? Yeah. It's not working for me. Okay. You, but you don't like my song, do you? Yeah, I think you're miserable. And, I, and, I, and I'm always so nice about your songs as well, particularly the Shark song, which is a massive favourite of mine. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's going to be like that all night. I just, I just, you just know from the first five, ten minutes of the show exactly how it's going to go. Anyway, Paul, lovely to hear from you. Uh, and uh, who else have we got in the house? The lovely Brian Justman. Bob Usry. Brilliant. Gregory Gardner. Um... Somebody, oh, ah, Mark is in the house. Medi Mac B A W A says, "Read my tweet again, J.K." Of course, I knew it was Chidge. So there you go. You've been told. I know. I was just joshing. You were just joshing. All right. Fair enough. Right. Okay. Of course, uh, it was Chidge. Of course, it, it was, was Chidge. It was the raid Wade written the tweet. He was being clever. I do you know he was what? Being too clever by half, mate. Me. I read it and I had no idea what he was talking about. Indeed, I Indeed. really didn't. It came out sounding as if. You weren't there. I know. It's very, very. No, I'm only mucking about. Oh, Mark's in in Mixler. He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He is. He is. is, Uh, Ah, the brain of Stamford Bridge. There you go. All right. So we're going to have a quick uh, uh, little stingage, and then we're going to be straight into the football.
first up, as always, uh, me and JK laugh at my team selection from the Friday show. And of course, I can't. There's no hiding place for me tonight because both of you are on it. So I do look like a total mag in it. Uh, well, we did. We just mentioned the curveball. We kept mentioning the oh, curveball. Mate, curve balls. Balls. But I mean, cheek all the way through the game in midfield. Bloody hell. Well, let's talk about the actual selection before we 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 uh, eviscerate them. Or coruscate yeah. them. Uh, yeah. Because we, he had four at the back, which we didn't see coming. Uh, yeah. Which meant Alonso was at left back. Uh, Asby was at right back. Uh, Cheek was in the midfield uh, as the kind of the Jorginho role, for want of a better word. And then we had Werner. We had Werner. Well, Werner was in the side. I think that was about all I'm prepared to say. I found this great stat, JK, that I know you will love. All right? Uh, this is Timo Werner's... This is just genius. This is Timo Werner's stats against Brentford on Saturday. Zero successful dribbles. Zero <laughs> chances created. Zero <laughs> shots on target. Zero accurate crosses. Zero ground duels won. Zero fouls won. Two key passes. They were probably backwards. 11 uh, times he lost possession. He had 0% take on success. No out of two. And 0% shooting accuracy, nor out of one. Marvellous. Discuss. I feel bad for the poor fucker who had to watch that and compile those stats because it was <laughs> bad enough watching it as a lay person. He just was. I think it was reasonably early on. He was going in for a challenge you would ex- expect anyone of his stature to win, and he just flunked it badly now as well not only martin as he lost his we, we knew he was getting worse and worse with ball control he now will not go in for challenges yeah i mean he did early early on he just he just backs out of it yeah he bottled a couple of them and it was yeah. like oh, this isn't this isn't encouraging and it got progressively worse well the bees should have scored three in the first few attacks they had we were all asleep and then the few attacks we then had, you thought, actually, we haven't passed the ball badly. But, you know, he was just instrumental in being completely fucking awful. So, you know, it, it, that side of the pitch, you just thought, well, it's a waste of time attacking there. So what's happening on the other side? And on the other side, we were as, we were as equally culpable. So, uh, mm. um, you know, uh, it's well, not as equally culpable because nobody could be worse than Werner in that game. But um, well, my, my only thought was at half-time was that we would have been bad but that we would be reasonably oh, solid and not concede. Absolutely. And then I actually thought we would play... What, what normally happens... Oh, I say what's happening there. What, what, normally, what normally happens is he um, uh, he, he changes it at half-time, doesn't he? And it works. Uh, it, nothing, it just went... Nothing happened. No, well, nothing happened, and then everything happened, and it wasn't very good. So, no. who no. knows? Well, I mean... I mean there's a couple of things I want to focus on a, a bit. I mean, I know we could talk about Cheek slowing it down. JK did it brilliantly on the fan bite last night and the fact that they played like they were on the wacky-backy, I believe, and Werner having his brains coming out through his nostrils, which conjured up an interesting image for me. I had the uh, image of a lobster, weirdly. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I don't know. Of a lobster going I, don't know. Little, I thought his brains come out of his nostrils. Very, very interesting. But anyway, I think then but there are maybe two things that I, I'm, I'm quite curious about in this part. The first is, as I aptly uh, t- uh, titled the show, uh, the post-international break Chelsea Blues. And we were worried about that a bit, weren't we, on Friday night? All and credit you were. You, oh, was you it just me? No, you mentioned it because you were actually on the, you were on the case. You said, I'm worried about this. This yeah. is what happened. 
a year ago. And um, no, no, Dan, I, Daniel, I Daniel, Daniel, they did that anymore, and I was completely wrong. Yeah, Daniel, Daniel. To be fair to him, he invoked the West Brom debacle from a year ago. I didn't quite yeah, go that yeah. far, but I, I do worry. Uh, you all put my mind at rest. So don't shut up, Chidge. We, we, know, we've been know, winning after all the international breaks. Don't stop worrying. I, I was wrong. I was well, wrong. you know, who knows really? But I do wonder. I mean, actually, Tuchel, I think certainly, uh, certainly seems to think that uh, that it had something to do with the international break. He said that we were lethargic, we were leggy. Uh, well, I said we were lethargic, leggy, and not at it. And Tuchel said that after we scored, we seemed to ease off. And of course, that's when we had that ten minutes of horror, which we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, and he said, in general, we allowed too many shots, and in general, we lacked energy. We looked mentally tired, which is normal after being around the world. So, I mean, the thing is. Uh, Martin, we know, don't we, that Tuchel cannot abide, like us, cannot abide international breaks because he loses his players for a couple of weeks. They do fly half the way around the world. They get absolutely knackered. They get played to death by their, their inept coaches for their national sides. Uh, they, get, they get injured and they get jet-lagged and it pisses him off like it does us. So I know he's kind of moaning about it, but he does have a point, doesn't he? Yes, but then don't play the players who have travelled the furthest distances. Um, it's the same for all teams of our stature to have that problem. Um, I, what was the reason Chalaba wasn't in the squad? He wasn't involved over the international break. Was he dropped? Was he injured? Was he ill? Well, he, has, he has been injured, hasn't he? I, I don't know. Well, he according, wasn't in... to, according to Flash Score, he's a doubt for uh, for Wednesday. You, you keep waffling on and I'll find out the actual yeah. the truth of the matter. Excuse me. Excuse me. Martin doesn't waffle. No, I was... I was, I was <laughs> doing it in a uh, way. I might have to. Martin hit. doesn't but, need you to defend him, mate. I'll tell you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, we know coming off international breaks that we're going to have players who've travelled further than others, players who are more involved than others. We should still be able to fashion a side good enough to at least be competitive. I mean, last Saturday they weren't even competitive. Um, you know, we've highlighted Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who wasn't even on international duty. So, further as he's gone, he's from Cobham to his house. So, you know, I don't... He's in Cobham. He probably is, yeah. Um, a difficult one to say, really. I mean, I heard some absolute waffle spouted by someone elsewhere today that it may be the ongoing sanctions called, has, is, are playing on their minds. But well, that, that was, that, that was JK's mate in the East Middle who's... <laughs> Yeah, but it's 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 also completing us a cobblers because otherwise it would have kicked in a few weeks previous. Yeah, um, we've won it. We've won every game, with the exception of the League Cup final since. No, actually, the League Cup finals before the sanctions, wasn't it? You, you know, um, you know what, Martin. Just to kind of interject on that point because I think it is an yep. interesting point. But I, I tell you what, I wouldn't dismiss it so readily, and here's the reason why: because before the international break. Tuchel, who was a master at this, was able to keep them all in his this little Tuchel Chelsea bubble. Bubble, right? So they that he he wouldn't have had them focusing on anything else. He would have been in their ears saying, "Listen, boys, there's nothing you can do. You can't control what you can't control. We just focus on the game." They all bugger off for two weeks with their international squad, talking to all the other players. Who knows what the banter was about and all of that, getting into their heads, getting into their ears, and maybe it made them suddenly think about it in a space where they weren't protected by that bubble. So maybe, just maybe. The international break caused them to be able to think about it in a way that we wouldn't have seen them do it before. That's a fair, valid point, but I would have then would have hoped that Tuka would be able to get them refocused when they came back. I know some come back later than others, but um, yeah, it's 
it's a strange one. I suppose we just have to see, we'll see over the next couple of weeks um, whether it was a one-off blip or something something more worrying. But we'll, we, can't, we can't prejudge that, unfortunately. Right. Mrs Silver came on to Twitter and uh, spoke to camera, having most of it translated by somebody off camera, saying that her husband was uh, just got back from Brazil the day before and was exhausted. Yeah, he looked it too. He played yeah. like it. Yeah, and um, and she said it wasn't fair that he was getting all this flack. Right. Um, he, yeah, but she needs to understand that no, none of, of the proper people are giving him flack. No. You know, but... No, indeed, but at the same time, it's interesting, isn't it, that he had to play him. He didn't play Pulisic because Pulisic had been... Uh, had only played the day before, practically. Yeah, he was. He was, but I think Tuchel saw them when they got back, and he saw. He looked at Pulisic, and we know this because we were we were probably anyway, the press conference press, on Friday. Yeah, yeah. And, and he thought Pulisic is your fuck, mate. You're absolutely jet lagged, and you play three games, yeah. and you take all that pressure being the wonder boy of American soccer. So you know, I can understand why that happened. But maybe Silver, being Silver, said, "No, no, boss, I'm good. I'm good. Play me, play but me, I'll play." But then, who else would there have been to play if Christensen is injured? Um, uh, and Chaloba, Chaloba, I, Chaloba would have been the choice, Chaloba, and I, he's not injured, by the way. I checked, so he's not. No. So, so he was dropped. Yeah, yeah he looks like it. Interesting. Yeah, or rested um, because my other issue here, which I did mention on Friday, not that it's all about me, but uh, I I do wonder if he had an eye on um, on uh, on Wednesday with Real Madrid because Jorginho wasn't playing and Reese James didn't start. And he said that he thought James would start in the press. Oh, we did. Because yeah. he, he said he made really cooing noises about him, didn't he, mm. in the presser? I mean, I, I, we were we were bemused, weren't we, to see Alonso starting in a four because Alonso's good in a five because then Rudiger can as is, uh, as is Rudiger's good in a three but not in a four. Yeah, not in a four could mop up for him because yeah. Rudiger's error and fourth goal was reminiscent of three years ago, just hacking the ball away away from Aspilicueta's foot. <laughs> Um, and there was a panic in it that we haven't seen since under Frank, actually, in the defence. And also what I didn't understand was they, when we played them in the Carabao, you worked out that they had these two really quick players, Henry and the other boy, um, the centre forward, the one who, who actually the other one who scored the two wasn't playing in that game. But the other guy um, who was they're both unbelievably quick and we dealt with them really well. One of them was our was um, Simons, wasn't it? The uh, the the youth boy was absolutely back all the time chasing him um as was Saar. Saar dealt with it well in that Carabao Cup game and they were absolutely nullified whereas in this instance we seem to actually be incapable of dealing with the pace um having said that that Ericsson's goal I mean Ericsson was allowed to play wasn't he but his goal um three players yeah. went to the this one of the number nine is whose name I can't remember um the really speedy one they all three went to him rather Tony. than one of them Standing, no, it wasn't Tony. No, oh, okay. it, was, um, it was Waymo. The other. Waymo. 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 Yeah, unbelievably quick. That's the way that they, you know, they, it's it's all counter attack and, and yeah. But they... I mean, this is the really bizarre thing, and you, you you've hit on two exceptionally good points, almost you know symbiotically, because I think it's it, they are symbiotic. We whenever we played with a four under Frank Martin, we were vulnerable to the counter attack because yeah. we always get done in the transition and you don't have three central defenders to yeah. pick up their spare man. So we ended up getting outnumbered. I mean, okay, I know that certainly the, the one of the goals, probably the first goal, was entirely down to all of the fucking defence being up for the corner and get 
just I mean you know uh, ZH got rolled and that's it we were we were open but of course it also I think and you look at the other goal I think it was the third goal I could be wrong again but um, we were we were absolutely we had enough men back but of course Loftus Cheek you know didn't get a tackle in or lost the ball you know and of course that would also happen under Frank you know Jorginho would get bullied out of it would lose the ball and suddenly we're we're, we're absolutely open so yes. we, we it's the tra- the transition is the problem against a team that is physical quick and and likes to counterattack which is exactly what Brentford's game plan was and then of course you factor in the fact that you know if you've got a four a back four that means you really only got a back two because Dave and Alonso are probably about the same pace as me and will get caught high upfield there you go QED let's all go home done it thanks <laughs> well, you, you, it's what I was about to say so, I mean the question I believe you you can ask the question why we played so committed so many forward with two slow fullbacks but yeah yeah exactly that Martin yeah. but we've also conceded that same goal off our own set piece at least two other occasions yeah. this season yeah. again I think one against Liverpool and the other against I think it was Manchester United where we've had a corner Ball's been cleared. Someone in midfield's dropped the bollock, and they've hit us on the counter attack. Yeah. So, and you know, normally he normally has Conte back there, or even two back. Yeah, Conte Conte's not been. I think he he might have made one of the mistakes. Jorginho certainly has. I think for the for the Man U goal, but yeah, yeah, I mean, nine times it would if it was Reese. Reese mops up so much. This is why I said Saar, one of the. One of the things Saar has is is actually his terrific pace, despite being or, or, always likely to make one. And, and he'll take a player out if needs be as well. Yeah, as does as does Chalabar, unbelievably quick, yeah. and yet also likely to make a mistake, one mistake a game. So perhaps yeah. that's why you don't play them. But they have they wouldn't have succumbed to that, I don't think. I thought it was unbelievably naive, given that that was the way they had played in both games against us. And I think I also um, unbelievably naive, as you, I totally agree with you. I think again, your fan bite was fantastic, but nobody, nobody on Ericsson. They gave him the freedom of Stamford Bridge, and this guy's a world class player. It's nuts, mate. Do you know what his record is against Chelsea? I had no idea because when the commentator said this, uh, you know, on uh, on the, uh, you know, I, I got fucking hell, I actually got back at home to see Game of the Day, which was remarkable. So, and I, and I actually also was sober enough to be able to watch it, even more remarkably, but. Um, the commentator was saying, oh, there you go, Christian Eriksen always scores against Chelsea. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, fuck, does he ever? He used to play for Spurs, for God's sake. What are you, what are you talking about, you stupid ass? Anyway, up up pops Opta later on in the evening. Christian Eriksen has, has only been involved in more Premier League goals against Swansea, 11, Stoke, 10, and Southampton, 9, than he has against Chelsea, 8. Three goals and five assists, with all three of his goals against the Blues coming at Stamford Bridge. So you would have thought they might have done something about it, Martin. Why didn't they? Fuck knows. Okay, good it answer. Was, it was just it was <laughs> it was infuriating seeing a player of that talent been just given the freedom of the midfield. I do not understand. Just stick someone on him, stick something on him, challenge him. I, I don't. I just cannot understand why you give if, if you give anyone that much space. A professional footballer, they will look the business. Christian Eriksen's world class already with someone on him, so I just do not understand why they left him with that much space. I'll come back to the conundrum of why he played cheek, and he played cheek all the way through the match because he just isn't good enough. Gives the ball away 
too much in midfield, yeah. and you just yeah. cannot do that against a team that's already those, duff at transition. Those bizarre, laborious moves where he gets the ball, you think he's going to be tackled. Occasionally he is, but then he f- gets out of it somehow and then passes the ball. Whereas Kovacic in those situations just goes bat, bat, on, and those three players or two players on him are out of the picture. Yeah. But it's so slow. And he, he played him all the way through the game. He, he, he took Kante off and brought Kovacic on playing with him. Well, that was definitely with Madrid in mind, wasn't it? Well, also, I, I think Conte took a knock on his knee. Yes, he yeah. looked to be struggling a little bit. One I'm a bit worried about that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but uh, it's for, it's a real it's a real dilemma with uh, the cheeky boy, isn't it? Because, you know, we've been saying it for so long. He's got, he's got so much talent, so much potential, bloody, bloody, blah, blah, blah. But we don't see it enough. We just don't see it enough. I mean, I, I still, I mean... There were Is he time- playing out of position. Chich, well, again, could say that. I mean, he was, he was, he was. As I said, he was kind of playing in the Jorginho role. He was playing as the defensive midfielder, effectively, because you have Mountain Kante either side of him. Um, and I just wonder. I mean, you know that he's got the ability to play that role. In other words, to play out from the back. You know, like Jorginho does. I mean, for all the stick that Jorginho gets, he's very good at possession. Unless he gets bullied and kicked, he doesn't lose it. And actually, what he's learned to do in the game is to, if he does lose it, is to fall over in front of the player and give a free kick away, you know. So he's learned. And I, I say fair play to him. But he's obviously got a great range of passing and he's got a great amount of skill to get himself out of trouble. And we see it week in, week out. And you would have thought that Loftus-Cheek is the same. I mean, he's got oodles of skill. and he's got so much talent. So I don't know. Why, why, does, he, why does he lose the ball in possession a lot? And, and, and the other thing is, I mean, when we have seen him play well for Chelsea... It's not as the defensive midfielder. It's as the guy either side or or the or the, the you know the the double six or whatever they the pivot, and he he's great at run, a bit like Kovacic. He's a great. He's, I think he looks best when he's running at people with the ball. You know, like further, you, you, much further, yeah, forward, much further, much further forward. forward. But yeah. you you've always said that because he has that physicality and people bounce yeah. off him. You know, but that's always said. There's a hullet like quality yeah. to him. When he's at his best, he can flow through and people bounce off him, which was like immensely like Ruud Hullet, mm. and then get a shot in. We haven't been seeing the shot. He was a really decent, decent, um, um, had great ability to shoot from 25 yards away and it hit the corners when he started. Yeah, We're not seeing it. It's all mystifying. It's all very mystifying. But don't worry, we will demystify this for you in part two. I promise we will demystify it. Uh, but before we do that, uh, a veritable plug for uh, the fantastic CFC UK fanzine. Uh, I actually got to go to the CFC UK fanzine stall for the first time since November and it was a joy to do just that and so I missed my... you by minutes did you really yeah. you after me or before me uh, after you after me yeah okay well I, I bumped into all sorts of reprobates there that I know and love uh, including Champagne Les actually Walter's mate Champagne Les uh, Taxi Allen and uh, what was it Seriously Intelligent Vastly Intelligent Keith Vastly Intelligent Keith was not there uh, and uh, we had a very interesting story about Taxi at what Jacob that was a quick shout out for George Gibbons Whose birthday it was last week? Who's a big fan of the fan cast? Okay, well, if we're on, if we're on shout, if we're in shout, shout out territory, um, uh, this afternoon I went to see a mate of mine in Winchester called Kerry, who's uh, on Twitter. I think Kerry Hawkins on Twitter. Who's a lovely, lovely bloke, and uh, he has the biggest collection of Chelsea memorabilia I have ever seen. And he was showing me a folder he's got, which is all these possessions that used to belong to Frank Blunston. All sorts of memorabilia from Frank, and he's a big Frank fan. And I, I said to him as I was sitting down 
flicking through it, I said, do you know what? I keep flicking through this and I'm thinking, I know there's somebody who would love to see that. And that would be JK. And he listens to, Kerry listens to the show. So he'll be listening tonight. So Kerry, it was lovely to see you today, all Bean. Lovely to catch up and have a chat. So there you go, JK. A Frank, a Frank Blundstone no, book thing. The goal that he scored against Portsmouth in uh, 1973. Was it a drive? 63. Uh, sorry, 63. My mind's going. 63. Was it a drive from the edge of the penalty area into I, the left hand? I wasn't born. I don't know. No, idea. I'm not asking you. I'm asking him. <laughs> you nana. I'm asking him. Why would I be asking you? Do me a favour, Kerry. Tweet JK and let him know. Otherwise, he'll be going on about it forever. <coughs> but uh, yeah, it's really great to see Kerry. And uh, I mean, he's got the most remarkable collection of memorabilia and a very fine chap he is too. And I had a lot of fun having a chin wag with him this afternoon anyway cfc uk yeah good to see everybody at the stall as always if you want to have a copy of cfc uk just go to the stall opposite fulham broadway part with only a pound and it will be yours but if you can't do that you can actually subscribe and uh, to do that you email fanzine at cfcuk.net uh it's 16 quid in the uk for a year's subscription 35 quid in europe and 45 quid everywhere else uh you can also get it digitally as in a pdf emailed to you and a season subscription is six quid or uh, a pound each for each issue. And you can pay via PayPal. I commend it to you. We will be back. Yeah. Martin, we, we, we don't have to be back. You can't buy a program, so you might as well buy a fanzine. Well, indeed. And uh, and when I kind of uh, went past the stall on my way to the Lily, I caught up with Walter, who was trying to see how one copy left. And he was shouting from the stall to sell it. Come on, hurry up. Only a pound. It's the last copy. We've just lost 4-1 against Brentford. This is the best time to buy a, a, a copy of the fanzine. And there are no pro. He said that. There were no programs. So there you go. Right. We will be back in a minute. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy. And you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm, of course, uh, Stanford Chidge. And as ever, I've got the delightful Mr. Jonathan Kidd with me. How lovely of you. Love to be on the show. Always oh, good to see you, my friend. And uh, we've also got the brilliant Martin Wickham. Evening. Always good to see Martin. And Martin was uh, in the pub with me before and after, which is what it's all about. There'll be more of that later. Uh, right, now, part two. Um, we had to kick off a bit like the second half did, really, because I did think they came out and looked a bit better, to be honest. And then, my God, it happened. It finally happened. It's taken him about 723 attempts but finally, Antonio Rudiger uh, did a 30-yard pile driver that actually didn't go into Rose Ed. It went into the back of the net via the post. And I, I have to say, I was, it was the one, I mean, I, I did what I normally do in the second half. And I was standing up at the back of gate 17 and I was just like, yeah, it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. But his, his celebration, I mean, that, I, I clocked him immediately. It went in and I thought, hello, something's going to happen here. And uh, his celebration was just the face he pulled. It was, uh, uh, it was just uh, brilliant. And he was going nuts. And he threw, flew into the arms of Thomas Tuchel, which I thought was a was a lovely, a lovely, uh, a lovely thing. Um, I'm just going to tell you, I've got another Optus stat here. Rudiger's goal was Chelsea's longest range one in the Premier League for 15 years. 
opt to clogging, clocking it in at 39.6 yards. Wow. I know. Amazing. And you, uh, and you get a free book if you know who hit the shot from 15 years ago. Alex. <laughs> Alex. Oh, bugger, I thought it might be Essien. Shit. I don't know. I was guessing. I've got no idea. Was I, was, it... I, I, I was guessing at Essien. Ah, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Could, I mean, we, could, we could go further back. Or Belletti. Belletti used uh, to, yeah. True. I'm also convinced that if you go further back, Frank LaBeouf hit one in from further out. So, wow. Wow. so it was a 40-yarder, mate. Blimey. And half, and half the people around me missed it because they were still coming back from the concourse. In fact, there were people around us who came back and were like, looked up. It, what, how the fuck is it one all? That they missed both goals and just hadn't seen anything or heard anything. Came back. Like, what happened? So that'll tell you how quick both we came out and then Brentford followed up. So um, Indeed. I was I was, del- I was delighted for Rudiger. Um, I just hope he gets it out of his system now because <laughs> unfortunately um, he seems to be affected the rest of the game and he forgot to do his job. Well, I want to get onto that in a minute, but before that, uh, J.K., do you think? Um, Rudiger jumping into the arms of Tuchel. I'm amazed he didn't flatten Tuchel, actually, but uh, nevertheless, he jumped into his arms and he looked rather lovely. Is that that sending us a message that we might like to hear or is that just happenstance? Um, It could be just happenstance, couldn't it? It could be just that he's very fond of him and he's finally scored a goal and he's never discouraged him from having his attempts because if he discouraged him, uh, he probably wouldn't be doing it. so he's happy for him to do it, and he finally did it, and he's embracing him. But he would probably say, well, it's out of my hands, really. I'm not having anything to do with the uh, um, the negotiations about my contract. You could argue that. Mm. Um, if if Tuchel has nothing to do with contract negotiations, then it, it's purely a, a team thing. Maybe he had a bet with Tuchel, but he, he did get one in before the end of the season. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he scored plenty, but not from that distance. So yeah. I think I think it might. Have oh, yeah, been... Of course, sorry, you're from a long shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah but you could, are you chid? You could, you could express it the other way, which is that yes, he was saying yes, I am going to be playing for the club next year. But you know, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Indeed. I mean, it's all so up in the air at the moment. Anyway, it's impossible to know what's going on. But Martin, you you were kind of in the middle of making a point, which was um, something I thought about at the time as well, actually, which was. I wondered, it, you know, I don't think his head was right for quite a few minutes after that. And, of course, that's exactly when uh, when Brentford capitalised. And it was, you know, you could argue that Rudiger may not have been completely on it. Do you think that? I wouldn't say he was alone in that regard. No, he wasn't really, was he? No, so I, wouldn't, I don't want to be singling out Rudiger, but um, I think it was 15 minutes where they just completely forgot their jobs. I, I've never, I haven't seen it in a while from Chelsea where it's just completely fallen apart to that extent. So it's a bit of a concern. Um, but surely, because conceding a goal from your own corner must be one of the worst possible well, things you can cons- do nowadays. You know, I yeah, mean, con- yeah. yeah, we've done it about two or three times already this season and countless times under Frank. Yeah. But it's, it was the just the, the speed with which Brentford equalised. We thought, oh, fuck, right, wake up, Chelsea. And then it didn't happen. They didn't wake up. They left Ericsson with... You know the freedom of Stamford Bridge, and um... I say three players went for the yeah. for the for the the guy passing, and nobody actually just just stood on Ericsson to stop him from kicking the ball in the net. Well, that's the type yeah, of thing. Uh, if a if a hungover pub team did, did that, you'd bollock him. Yeah, all going for the same ball, ball chasing the ball. Really, yeah. that's all it was. But you know, 
they've got they do have credit in the bank um so i don't want to crucify them too much but uh, the, the only thing is that at least it wasn't tottenham that done that to us even if ericsson has strong associations with them well, exactly. who did we play after we played west bromwich was it um porto porto wasn't it yeah yeah and then we played wonderfully so let's um well that's that's a really good point i mean you know we didn't make that bit of the point on uh Friday because we didn't expect to get humped 4-1 by by Brentford but you know there is a there is a I mean it's actually the, this is a really good point you both make really because the defense have been almost unimpeachable this season for us in fact you can go further back I mean you know to Tuchel's arrival at Chelsea and the whole defense has completely changed compared to what they were like under Frank so you know it seems a bit disingenuous to, to dig them out uh when actually well, this they- is a- Sorry to interrupt. This is our first defeat by more than one goal this season, I believe. Exactly that, you know. Um, yeah, so I think a bit, you know, they, they, I think we, we owe them a little bit of leeway there. But um, I think what is revealing about it is that Tuchel, who normally has an answer for everything, you know, when asked, he said, I've got no idea why they play. I mean, he didn't say this, but what he meant was, I've got absolutely no idea why they played shit. You know, and he, and I think I think actually it was very similar after West Brom, if you remember, when, when he was asked about it, then he, he kind of looked like I don't fucking know why we lost five two. He said he said in fact the stats against West Brom were great. If you remember, yeah. he said I don't understand. He said they were just great goals, but they were all flukes. I think he said. was annoyed though because he, he, he was, there was bit, the, he was a bit annoyed. He was annoyed. He was a bit bit dismissive of of West Brom in the same way he was dismissive. Well, he of was. Brentford. He said they did really really well in the ten minutes that they had. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was a bit. Meow. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. It was because my, my Greville told me he thought that he'd been um, uh, he'd not been nice about no. it. No, there you go. Martin, you wanted to come in. Uh, I did, yeah. He, he, firstly, he was been a bit of a prick about it with the whole, they did well with the 10 minutes, but let's just put that down to here at the moment, which kind of, it leads on to the, the point I want to make. If by some bizarre chain of events, I end up in charge of football, the Premier League or whatever. I'd vote for you, I, Martin. I, I thank you. I thank you. Um, I would as well. I'd vote for you. Thank you. Uh, well, I can't Two be any worse than the, I can't be any worse than the fucking Muppets there already. No. But um, the one change I would implement straight away is banning interviews with managers and players immediately after the game, because the whole "I don't know" answer from Tuchel, some of the conference, some of the narky interviews that you know the likes of Guardiola and Klopp have done. If you, if something, if you've just been emotionally invested in a game like that for. A, an hour and a half and however long you've been prepping beforehand and you get a microphone shoved under your nose and you're asked a question by some fucking idiot like what happened how the fuck he's not good you know they how long did it take them to you know go through the, the footage and work out what putting something uh, putting someone on the spot like that after a game is a it doesn't you don't get anything useful you just get a sound bite and if someone you know, lose, you know, someone speaking in maybe their second language says something controversial in the heat of the moment, they then get crucified for it for weeks on end. So this whole thing of, you know, he was asked what happened, he said, I don't know what happened. It's an honest answer, but he's going to get criticism for not knowing. When it's like, well, give him a chance to fucking look at the, yeah. look at the video and find out because he's probably still processing it himself. That's a it's really, ludicrous. It's a really good point. And I, I always remember that awful interview after the, Champions League semi-final when Branagh was uh, banned, uh, you know. Oh, that wanker Jeff Shreve. Jeff Shreve's, you know, and he yeah. didn't even know, and he looked, he just looked absolutely sick as a dog, and and I thought that's that's awful. The the best, uh, and this is how I think they should all be treated, really, by managers. But the best post-match interview I ever saw 
was I don't know who did it, but uh, who interviewed him, but it was Gordon Strachan, and the and the interviewer said, Gordon, 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 can we have a quick word, please? And he went, velocity, and fucked off. It was just brilliant. That's exactly the contempt with which you should treat them, I think. But there you go. But Martin, I totally agree with you. I think that's absolutely right. I mean, the the interesting talking of the stats, um, they are quite remarkable. Uh, Chelsea have conceded three plus goals against a newly promoted team in the Premier League at Stamford Bridge for only a second time, previously doing so against West Brom in April 2021, with both both instances coming under Tuchel. Yesterday against Brentford, Chelsea became the first uh, side in Premier League history. Just this is a this is brilliant. This is to score the opening goal of a match in the second half, but then go on to lose by a margin of three plus goals. Brentford have beaten Chelsea for the first time in nine meetings in all competitions since a 3-1 away win in the top flight in February 1939. (coughs) Even JK wasn't at that one. And can I say that in 1939, they would have played in their red and white shirts and black socks and red and black, uh, black, sorry, black shorts and red and black socks. And what a kit that is. And it would have looked excellent and traditional playing against Chelsea in blue. And what do they do? They wear banal yellow. What is that all about? Who knows, mate? In, in, in fairness, I think the Brentford players could have been playing stark bollock naked. I don't think their fans care. At, least at the moment, they're delirious. I know there's something to do with colour blindness, but it's the stripes, so there shouldn't be an issue with that. So I don't know. All right. Well, I've still got two more stats. Um, Chelsea have lost by three or more goals in a Premier League London derby at Stamford Bridge for just the second time. I think that means in the Premier League, yeah. After a 3-0 defeat to Arsenal in April 1997. And uh, the best stat is always the one that comes last. Uh, 3rd of April 2021, Chelsea 2, West Brom 5. We then won our Champions League quarter-final first leg versus Porto the week after. 2nd of April 2022, Chelsea 1, Brentford 4. Champions League quarter-final first leg next week? It's happening again. Well, let's hope so. I mean, that's the thing, because I really do think it was a bad day at the office. They had a... <clears throat> they had a stinker, and like West Brom, um, you know, we we chased the game, you know, and we 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 chased the game against a counter-attacking side, and we forgot the basics. We went, we had brain farts for ten minutes, and that can happen. But you know, I think we are more than capable of doing what J.K. and I were saying on Friday, which is and going on a run. It won't be that team. Yeah, it won't be that team. It will not be that team. Although. I have to say, mate, if there's something that worries me at the back of my mind, which has always been kind of like wafting around the atmosphere at Chelsea this season, which is this, oh, well, we've got a really great deep squad. And then, well, do we really? Do we really? Maybe we've got a really good first, maybe 13, 14, but there's still a few players that maybe are not good enough. No, I don't think we've got a great squad. No, I don't think. I think we've got a fantastic fantastic 11 it would be better if uh, Chilwell was playing but um, Reese James will be playing um, he'll play five um, did he play five against Madrid last year I think he did he did a five in that yeah he played in both of them he'll play five um, interesting to see if Alonso gets back Alonso had a complete stinker an absolute stinker absolute shah he really was uh, awful um, except for the uh, the one almost goal when he did it suddenly came out of his box headed beautifully and um uh, I think it was the shot that Zayek had that was tipped over. So they had a few moments of looking competent, but um, uh, he was not good. He'll play either Jorginho or Kovacic with Kante, and he'll play Pulisic. I'm pretty 
pretty convinced. No, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get yeah, we'll do that. Get on to Team Select. <clears throat> we, will. We, will, we, will, we will. But I take your point. It's a good one. A um, couple of things to really round up uh, the Brentford match, really. Um, and, I mean, I don't really want to get into the news that broke about Tuchel and the relationship with his wife because, frankly, that's his business. And uh, I, I, I don't like that kind of media approach to things. It's, it should be out of the spotlight. But I didn't know about this at the time, but I did wonder during the match if he was okay and then actually jk qualified that in his fan bite saying the same and he, he seemed to be really subdued he wasn't the the, the, the crackerjack live wire that he is on the touchline i mean you know you would have expected him to be absolutely furious with them and up and down and up and down and up and down but he and i just wondered if he's okay maybe maybe the aggravation going around everywhere is affecting him a bit i don't know what do you reckon jk I remember from the West Bromwich game, he did the same thing. He just sat down and watched. And, and, and the horror of it all. Yeah. Just he, did, he did a Colonel Kurtz, the horror of the horror. Horror, horror. Yeah. He just, he just um, it's almost as if he was going, I can't control this anymore. I don't really know what. It's just you know, not working for me anymore, he said. It's not working for him. Except he kept cheek on. What was that about? What was that? Maybe about? maybe he's protecting Jorginho who we don't yes. I mean this is half yes. the trouble. We don't yes. know, we do don't we? Know. We don't know. We don't know what niggles they might have and he's got no. a team in his head for for Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. I mean cuz look, you know Tuchel is a winner. This this is one of the things we love yeah. about him. He's got a yeah. fabulous winning mentality. So he's looking at the rest of the season he's going FA Cup, yeah, I'll have some of that. Champions League, I'll have some of that. Premier League, nah, not interested, can't win it, but let's just make sure we get in the top 4. Yeah, it's true. You know, that's the kind of guy he is. He wants to win trophies. He's like Mourinho in that respect. It's about winning trophies. That's what marks you out as a great manager. Nobody remembers the losers, mate. See, we're trying to think of one. We can't, you know. Proof of proof were needed. One thing he did mention, talking of subdued chaps. I mean, obviously, I, I, I sit in the relatively sonambulant upper echelons of the Matthew Harding stand. But even I thought it was piss poor and pretty bloody quiet. But he mentioned this. This is what he said. He said, we need a better atmosphere against Real Madrid. It was a bit, mm, in the first half against Brentford, like a friendly match. And it felt like it. We were very subdued as a crowd. And it was a three o'clock kickoff. So I can't understand what on earth that's all about. JK? It's because we weren't playing very well. So what? It's not the point. You get behind I the know, team when they're not playing very I well. I know, I know, but the response, it, it, because there was nothing to be enthusiastic so about. So who are we? Man-fucking-United and Spurs now? Because that's well, what they do. No, I agree with you. I agree. But there Arsenal. was a feeling, No, but there was a feeling from the very beginning that something was wrong. Mm. Everybody felt. I got that. You just thought... From the very beginning, you could see that they weren't up for it. And it tra it transmitted it to the crowd. You know, they should have scored three times at the, at the beginning, Brentford. That header the bloke had, was it Was it uh, Tony had? What's his name? Is that Tony? Yeah, Tony. Should have scored. And there was another shot he had that Mondi did work. Another shot they had to turn around the post. We were letting them in all the time. And there was a kind of, what is going on here? And they transmitted that to the crowd. That was the reason. Because normally it's not, there isn't that kind of, there's an, there's an energy, there's a, there's a, particularly in defence, but it, it was, it was, the, it was stopping and starting and it was so unenergized. You, they transmitted it. That was my view. Because mm. I noticed at the time, I even mentioned it. I said, we're really, crowd is subdued, but you know, I think I get it. It's because we're not playing well enough. And it, I agree completely. You should always get behind, but there was nothing at all to get behind. What do you reckon, Martin? Yeah, I've got a 
going to be a bit controversial here. I think some of these 3 p.m. Saturday games are the ones where you tend to get quite a lot of lethargy in the crowd. Why is that? Because invariably it means we're playing so-called low-profile opposition. So some will just, you know, sack the game off, sell the ticket, whatever. They won't go. I mean, I noticed there was a big chunk of the West, well, a big row of empty seats in the West Lower, for instance, which I haven't seen before. I, that I, may I, been, I, that, I, that, that, sorry, Martin. I suspect well, that those are hospitality tickets by any other name because a lot of this, tickets go to sponsors and things. So that could what? well be... In the front of the lower tier. Well, yeah, or it could be players. I mean, you know, it, because it was un, it was odd that it was it was almost like a whole. It was like a whole rows, block. Yeah, it was like like a yeah, block. whole block of seats. So. so that tells me there was that's that's not random people not turning up. Yeah, but there were different people around me, for instance. Um, so people did sell their tickets on. I mean, and the performance didn't help. I said on the preview show that we needed to start quickly, but that was. That was with the idea of, you know, getting key players off so they could be rested ahead of Wednesday. Um, I think it will be a completely different proposition for the Real Madrid game. I think um, the significance of that game will mean there is an atmosphere, there is that there will be a lot more noise. Um, and as for, you know, 3pm kickoffs being subdued it's been like that for a few years to be honest with you i think we know we don't have a singing section we don't have wankers with drums thank god but um unless someone starts doing that um, one i will be pissed off because it will mean games being hangover unfriendly going forward because <laughs> having a perpetual din in your head all the time but um it may be it may be something to be suggested. I'm just going to make sure I'm well away from it and I have a set of earplugs just in case. <laughs> I mean, you know, we've all been around the block, you know, we've got a lot of uh, game miles on the clock, every single one of us, and we all know that on Wednesday it's going to be absolutely electric. And I mean, maybe that's the answer, Martin, like you alluded to. If you're playing Brentford at Saturday at 3 o'clock, I'm afraid a lot of people don't give enough of a shit about it. Yeah, and then at which point the resp- it becomes the response, which is what JK was saying, it does become the responsibility of the players to do something and they were as sluggish as we were so it was, it was almost symbiotic it was just you know yeah it was a bit meh I mean I, I tell you what also didn't help because I think they had a moment didn't they in the in the second half when Rudy scored that goal everybody went mental because that's kind of that's why you go to football you go to football to see moments like that and it lasted for 90 seconds and then Brentford equalised so it was like a massive deflation seeing that happen and then yeah, they scored and, again very quickly yeah. after that boom yeah, and and then people were coming back up the stairs still going what the fuck's going on because they hadn't seen the goals yeah, exactly. so it was almost it was almost comical we were, we were like hang on don't tell him don't tell him don't tell him and it's like how the fuck what the fuck's happened you, you didn't see any of it because I'm, I'm guessing they turned the TV screens off in the concourse yeah. now when the game starts so no one you, no people came up so you had those who saw the goal going, the really good goal going mental, then there was the deflation of the equaliser, and then there was the confusion of people coming back up not knowing what had happened. And then they fucking scored again, so people just, it got even more pithy. Well, it is a bit of a mystery. Um, I mean, the, the upshot of all of this, JK, uh, you know, as I said, I think it'll be electric on Wednesday, and we'll be forgetting all about it, but um, we could have done without losing that, really, I think. I mean, we're still pretty well placed. We're on 59 points uh, after having played 29 games. So we've still got a game in hand on Liverpool and City uh, and Spurs, who apparently are going to win the league now, apparently, according to all the media this morning. 5-1 against Newcastle at home qualifies you for winning the league. 
And yet they're five points uh, behind us, having played a game more. So what a load of absolute arse gravy that is. Uh, talking of arse gravy, I think the, the bigger worry is possibly Arsenal, who actually have a game in hand on us and are on 54 points like Spurs. So if they beat Palace tonight, they're on 57. They're only two behind us. And of course, we have to play them. So it's getting a bit bloody closer than I expect. I mean, I suspect the Palace game has, uh, has probably kicked off by now. So I'm going to keep a bit of an eye on that. But yeah, JK, it's a, we could do without it, really, couldn't we? That added stress of top four. Yeah, but I I, I think we'll... Um, you said talked about playing the lesser team slightly. I think we'll... Uh... We will beat Arsenal every time we play them at the moment, and um, uh, I I don't think it's going to be a problem. Personally, I don't. I I think they're playing better, but I think we have we're a much better team than they. Are, so. Oh, so I think there's a North London derby to be played as well. So yeah. with any luck, like, they'll cancel each other out, and maybe you know get a, you know a few injuries and knocks and suspensions and things like that. I mean. Tottenham did look very good yesterday. That's why I turned it off in disgust at about 3-1. <laughs> I didn't even go there, mate. Yeah, well, there's nothing else on, so what could I do? <laughs> yeah, it's nil-nil. They've, they've played... Uh, five minutes. Yeah, five already. minutes. So, you know, there's, uh, there's uh, a long way to go in that one. I will keep an eye on it. Um, anyway, I mean, I'd like to wrap this up with something that is quite surreal, given what JK said and uh, given... Uh, given what we've been talking about and how miserable it is to lose 4-1 to a fucking side like Brentford, yada, 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 yada. On the way home, I think I sent a, I sent a message to my... I mean, because, I mean, actually, I didn't get absolute shit face as everybody predicted that I would. Everybody. You predicted, predicted you would. Okay, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I predicted that I, I would. Okay. Well, I did think I would, actually. But, you know, I got up there nice and early uh, and I had a nice chat with everybody at the stall. Um... And uh, then I, uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, we didn't. We'll talk. No, we'll talk about this in a minute, Martin. In part three, where it kind of belongs. But I met Martin, and Martin and I had a wander off, and then we had a remarkable <laughs> interlude. We were supposed to be on our way to the cock, and we bumped into the lovely Ian Rogers, who who writes for CFC UK and is an absolutely fine, fine, fine man, who was sitting there drinking beer in one of the houses, literally opposite Stamford Bridge. Just turning Alexa off. Thank you. Uh, sitting uh, in one of the houses opposite Stamford Bridge, says, "Oi, oi, oi! Coming for a chat and a beer." So we went in and had a chat with them. Lovely people. Johnny was his name. The bloke who owns the house, really lovely bloke. Um, so we were getting sidetracked all the time, and we didn't get. I moaned to Martin on the on the way there. I said, "Martin, I was supposed to be in the pub at least an hour ago. Why is it I'm incapable of getting into this pub before one o'clock?" Anyway, but I only had a couple in there. Had a lovely time. Met a lot of people. Um, I met loads of people actually. I mean, who did I meet? Uh, Paul. Uh, yeah, no, that was I put, met Paul McAvoy at the stall actually, and Tim and Brian and uh, T, of course, the lovely lady T, DJ Marco. But in the pub, the pub was absolutely brilliant. Um, I mean, I'd really gone there to see my old mate Psycho Phil, who, uh, I mean, I, I, I think it's safe to say that there would not be a Chelsea fan cast if it hadn't have been for Psycho Phil. Uh, he was a very, real important part of all of this. Uh, really, back in the day. But he's not very well at all. Um, I'm not going to bore you with the reasons why, but it was lovely to see him. The, the weird thing is that he's now, he, he, he kind of basically had a bit of a hissy fit and uh, left Chelsea because they wouldn't um, immediately give him his season ticket back after a couple of years hiatus. So he 
he uh, he had a hump and uh, went off to support Brentford. <laughs> He's now got a Brentford season ticket. So he was in the cock with his Brentford season ticket. And also the salary terrorist was there and Stu. So I had a lovely chat with them. But I met some other lovely people too. So I was Carefree Jam, uh, who everybody knows. He's lovely. I've not met him before. Nick, uh, who does That Chelsea podcast. Rick Glanville, who everybody knows. And I met uh, the lovely Beth and Jesse, who were with Jam and Nick. Uh, Tracy from the 1905 podcast, Steve Kirby, Russ Saunders, JK, your old mate, Russ Saunders. Limey. I said, has he still blocked you, Russ? And he couldn't answer because he was blocked. That's exactly that. That's exactly what he said. You you fucking ask him yourself, you idiot. (coughs) (laughs) Spot of I saw Ross got some lovely uh, swag from him. Pablo and Dom and Cliff Auger were there. Ken, of course, Ken Barkway. Lovely chat with Ian Titchener. Saw Brenda from Atlanta Blues. And uh, and there we go. So it was a brilliant, brilliant afternoon in the cock. And it was great in the in the Lily afterwards. Saw the lovely Julie and Debs and uh, and True Blue Terry and the lovely Walter Otten. So it was a fine, fine, fine day. Anyway, on the way home. Uh, Teresa, he, Teresa was in the Lily as well. Teresa was in the Lily as well. Exactly that. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, in amongst all of that, I, I didn't drink as much as I thought I would. And I actually managed to get a train back an hour earlier than I predicted. And I went kind of back to Clapham with Walter. Anyway, on the on the way back, I thought I better let my wife know that I'm, I'm on my, my way home. And I texted her this. I said, on the train and should be home by about 8.30 p.m. Chelsea got walloped 4-1 and I had a lovely day. And I mean, that was it, really. I mean, that that's exactly it. I mean, the fact that we got humped 4-1, I had such a great day seeing everybody, bumping into everybody, doing something that I love and have missed badly for oh, far too many months now. It was absolutely true. I had a smile on my face and I had, I said, I had a lovely day and I did. So there you go. There is more to life than the football and getting stuffed by fucking Brentford, that's for sure. I wish I'd seen you. I know that you were the only... The only slight bummer on the day was I didn't get to see you, old Bean. I also saw the lovely John in uh, talking about Martin. You said there were lots of people who who, who were absent. Where you where you're in the Matthew Harding Lower, aren't you? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, most of my lot were all there actually. But no, no, no absentees there. John was there. Always have a chat with John, so that was good to see him. But there you go. But it's lovely to be back. Uh, Walter hadn't been since August, so he felt much the same as me. We were just delighted to be there. You know, Martin knows what this is like. He's only been back a few weeks. So, yeah, it was great. And I'm sorry I didn't see you, JK, but there you go. There'll be other times, Chidge. There will indeed. There will indeed. Sure, old pals, jolly old pals. Indeed. Uh, right, so there you go. So, um, you know, it could be worse, mate. It could be worse. It could be like you're not, not, not able to go for months and months and months. I actually, I did feel really sorry for people who may have turned up. That might have been their first game or they've just flown over from the States or Australia, whatever. And they well, got... Russ was flying back the next day. Well, yeah, but Ru- Ru- like Russ comes a couple of times a year, but maybe you haven't been to a game before and you go there and you see Chelsea lose 4-1 to Brentford, you know. And I kind of thought as I was leaving, <laughs> I was like, Typical, isn't it? You know, I don't come for like four fucking months. And what happens? What do they do to me? They they lose four one to Brentford. But it didn't. Were, last you, were you were you blamed by everyone around you in the Matthew Harding upper? No, I kept a very low profile on. <laughs> so they could they couldn't see you. No, and no blame no, you no. for the. Well, I mean, John John didn't because John's lovely. And there's a guy, a guy called David that I talked to, but he he turns up less frequently than I have been recently. And I tend to get up out of my seat 
uh, for the second half and stand at the back. And that's what I did. And I just get I get left to my own devices there, thankfully. So there you go. Right. Uh, we're going to have a quick break and then we're going to come back. And then we've got one email, but a very good email to read. And then we're going to have a quick chat about the takeover because it would be rude not to. So there you go. We'll see you in a sec. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Football Fancast. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stanford Chidge, and I'm joined by the uh, wonderful Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Oh, you charm me, sir. And the uh, equally wonderful Mr. Martin Wickham. Hello. And breaking news, Palace are beating Arsenal. Yeah. 1-0, isn't it? Lovely stuff, yeah. Lovely. This is what we want. Um... So there you go. Uh, now, uh, normally, of course, this is time for Fannies and uh, Jonathan's brilliantly produced and executed stings, which occasionally I forget to put in, but I try very hard not to because they are very funny for the man of the match, the Guinness moment and the celery moment. But alas, in my own personal judgment, there are will be no worthy nominations this week. Uh, but uh, I think the Discord people had much the same view as me. Because they didn't put really anything in, as far as I can remember. So basically, I've basically uh, decided not to worry about the uh, the uh, the fannies this week. So uh, so there we go. Anyway, uh, so no fannies, no Discord questions either, but we do have an email, J.K. I'll read it. It's from Ian Wood. <clears throat> Hi. 
there's definitely an anti-American feeling among a lot of Chelsea supporters. I mean, in terms of new owners, not Pulisic. And I must admit, the thought of being part of an American sports franchise is a bit shite. I've been back in, Ameri in America. I've been back in Africa over the last two weeks, guiding a group of Brits and one American on a wildlife trip. One night after a few beers, one of the Brits said, quite deadpan to the American, you don't have any sport in America, do you? What? He exclaimed, we play baseball, basketball, American football, hockey. We always win most medals at an Olympics. The rest of us then replied in deadpan unionism. Exactly. You don't play any sport. He went home bewildered about the British sense of humour, but we generally do, do regard American sport as being a joke, don't we? Anyway, is it OK to take the piss out of Americans in this current sensitive stage of our planet? I mean, some probably have feelings. And then what about giving Tebow a pro proper welcome home at the bridge on Wednesday? Oh, good point. Should I have ordered my four large inflatable snakes? I presume I'm not, presume I'm not the only one thinking about bringing snakes with me. Is it un-PC to hiss and wave snakes at Tebow these days? Could he even have feelings? Kind regards, Ian Wood. Um, I don't, I'm, I, I, I don't think we're, we're anti-American in t terms of the new owners. I think we're just specifically... I don't think he's, I think he's talking about us being anti-American. I think he's just, just he's no, sensing no, no. a general mood of it. No, no, I, I meant us as in supporters. Oh, I right, was right, using, right, right. The, I wasn't using the royal we. Right. I was using... The, I'm only the, familiar with the royal we. I know that's true. It's 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 strangely unsmelly, um, uh, <laughs> unless it's King George the Third. Oh, that would be ho oh god! Oh, it would be oh, it would be ripe with humours. It could be I worse think, if it was King Richard the Third. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, hmm. historical uh, jokes. We're all uh, weak. Don't worry about it. Hey, 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 we want a historical joke. It's you and me. Well, <laughs> now that is a good joke. Uh, um, um, I, I, don't, I, I don't really sort of agree with that because I like baseball and I like American football. So, um, uh, uh, but yeah, yeah. I think it was so, lovely. Um, I think it was Ian expressing, as he often does when he writes an email, his very, very, very dry sense of humour. And also yes, perhaps yes, asking the question... Why why can't we take the piss out of people anymore? You know, and I totally agree with that. I mean, I, I, I grew up in a family that, no, that, that absolutely took the piss out of each other at every available opportunity. I grew up with friends who did the same. You know, you're not allowed to do it anymore because everybody's that's too true. offended. I've, I've fallen foul myself just then of being, um, of being worried for Americans. And yeah. That was really foolish of me. I thought we specifically were talking about the, the takeover. So I was... Um, I've taken it too seriously. Well, he was a bit. He was a bit. But I mean, I think the point. I think he was making the point that we often make on this show is that the Americans and we love them all to pieces because so many of them listen to this show and so many of them have become really, really good mates. Two nil Palace. That's my scorchers prediction down the shitter. That was a, that was a, that was almost David Coleman esque. It was. It was yeah. two nil. Two nil. But but that also Chidge means that we don't need to worry about the Arsenal game as much. No, I know, I know. There's always speak, a... for, speak, speak for yourself. I want to beat those fuckers five nil every time. Absolutely. Oh yeah, every time, every time. I agree. I agree. Anyway, I, I now can't remember what I was going to say. So I just want to, I just want to pick up on the last part where he was talking about um, Tebow. Um, no yeah. to snakes because it looks too Bob. Yes to calling him a wanker for the entire ninety minutes. I second that motion, Jonathan. Yeah. Do we carry the motion? Yeah, that's what will happen. I will, but I will boo him. 
I won't say wanker. I will boo him from uh, from uh, my my front row in the east stand. Boo! I will go boo, Tibu. Tibu, Courtois. Yeah, there may be some other stronger words used, but let's just start with wanker, wanker, wanker. Well, I think excessively. big nosed Gareth is probably going to feature quite. <laughs> Yeah. Flappy-handed Belgian dog nonce, I seem to remember. Yeah, was... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I still think the best insult that I did that was kind of fairly clean was when I got so frustrated with Nemanja Matic that I screamed from the top of Gate 17, Matic, you long, lanky streak of piss. And everybody kind of looked round. They didn't quite know what to do. They kind of... <gasps> you know, sadly, he couldn't hear from that far away. I thought it was when you... You call Tom Huddleston a Gareth. <laughs> oh, that was in the East Middle with J- J- my, my my debut appearance in Aussies with J.K. Who who was mortified and <laughs> and yeah. your last appearance? No, no, I've been back since. But he has always said to me, "Chidge, chidge, chidge, don't drop the Gareth if you can possibly avoid it." <laughs> Isn't that right? Don't stand up and drop the Gareth. Did I, I stand up as well? Yes. Did I did I give the wanker as well? No, no, no you just looked aghast and I pulled you down. If you <laughs> I went a bit. F- I know that was that. I was really pissed that day because I'd I'd forgotten that we were supposed to have lunch and I'd been in the pub with all of that lot, and I turned up with about ten minutes before kickoff. And then don't, worked, don't, uh, don't I'm not. Put it on us. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> blaming you. Personal responsibility. You are part of the context. You are part of the context. And I basically turned up to see J.K. with about ten minutes to go before kickoff, and he said, "You haven't had any lunch or anything." I said, "Oh, well, what have they got?" He said, "Well, roast beef, York." I said, "Yeah, I'll have that." And what do you have? Anything to drink? Well, yeah, I'll have a pint and a glass of wine and I woofed it down in five minutes JK was appalled at my gluttony I think but quite rightly too anyway no, not appalled at your gluttony disappointed that you hadn't been able to uh, partake of my largesse I was mortified I really was mortified because I hadn't heard the phone go in the pub because it was so noisy and I walked out the pub thinking alright I'll just get in there in time for kick off with JK lovely jubbly and I had about ten messages getting in frequently, increasingly more more hysterical. Like, Chidge, where the fuck are you? You're supposed to have been here for an hour and a half over lunch. And I thought, oh fuck, I didn't know. I had, I just, you know, it must have gone in one ear and out the other. Anyway, right, let's have a quick takeover update and see if we can make sense of what's been going on. And I know there's been a lot of news that's come out today, in fact. And I've been very, very busy, so I'm not entirely abreast of it. But maybe the first thing to look at is, uh, Martin. The question is. When is a protest not a protest? <laughs> God. Um, yeah, I think Saturday was proof that Twitter is not real life. Um, there were people outside Stanford Bridge, but the numbers were was no more than 100, I would have thought. And I think the coppers overestimated it a little bit and soon realised that their presence wasn't necessary. And, um, yeah, I mean... I don't think I don't think it would have deterred the Ricketts family in any way, shape, or form. That said, they have the right to voice their disapproval, but I don't think it's going to make any difference. I love the bloke singing Ziggy Zagger. Oh. <laughs> now the one we got was a, a guy walking past who didn't see the signs properly and went, "What the fuck are they talking about? No to tickets." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very funny, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, look, I, I I know it all got a bit pissy, didn't it, last week on Twitter, but. I mean, I, I mean, we had a good, reasonable chat with with Daniel about it, who's a, who's a lot younger than us and a lot closer to many of these people. He is, as he freely admitted, a content creator, an influencer, and a YouTuber. Um, I've got no. I, I I love a protest. I love people standing up for what they believe in. I've got no axe to grind there. I am a bit cynical, and I do think a lot of the uh, the lot of the people who were ringleading it 
were doing it for what did i say clout likes followers subscriptions and money basically and attention but i have to say you know old matty so i know he's a sweet lad actually um and he, he had the balls to be up there he was organizing it and doing his thing so fair play to him a lot of the other people that were in and around it and organizing it were very notable by their absence i thought martin yeah i mean that's what we, a lot of the people who were hyping it on friday were never going to be there so yeah exactly i don't know what to make of it but again i'll reiterate it i mean they're focusing on racism which is the a correct thing to do at all times but in relation to the bid the person accused of it isn't involved in it so you know maybe need to look at other aspects of it that i mean i i don't like the ricketts bid because of my concerns on how it's going to be funded and the stuff about how they've run the chicago cubs well Um, i've got i've got an article that i found that you will love because it basically outlines everything that the uh everything that the the ricketts family did during their bid for the cubs because they had a load of leaked emails and documents that were sent to the guy who wrote this and it just goes behind what they were like. And it's exactly, well, I don't know if it's exactly the same as this bid because clearly the bids are very different for obvious reasons. But I wouldn't be, some some things are playing out just like that bid. I'm going to forward it to you, Martin, because you will actually understand a lot more of it than I do because a lot of it's very much in the realms of financial, uh, the financial services industries and things like that. But I'll, I'll forward it to you. It's brilliant. And the other thing is I'm, I'm in the process of writing an article which addresses for football.london of course which addresses that very issue that yeah you know the racism and all the rest of it is mightily important but there are plenty of other reasons to really not want this bid to go through for the rickets because they will if they do what they did to chicago cubs we are screwed man big time um on that point jk the trust did another another statement and they they did a survey uh, over the weekend which was pretty damning of uh, the rickets i mean you know basically kind of mid 70s very against having the Ricketts winning the bid and uh, and in the 90s backing pretty much everything that the Trust are asking for. And then fancy that. Who knew that this would happen? The Rick- Ricketts issued a statement basically conceding on every point pretty much that the, the Trust had asked for. And I put it to you. I put it to you, sir. Do you yeah. believe a word they say? Not a, not a single dicky bird. Yep. Well, it's so easy now, isn't it? And... Um... I mean, what happens? They do their, they plough their own furrow and, what, and we go, oh, hang on, you haven't done what you said you'd say. And they go, well, circumstances have evolved or um, we, it's us, it's our business. We're doing what we want to be doing. Thank you. So uh, I, I don't know how you implement any of those things specifically unless you sign a charter, unless there's something legal done with it. You can say what you're going to do, but then surely you have the right if business isn't going well to to change your mind over something but it, it in, unless it is legally bound you can do what you want with your business can't you, you well know, just you, soft words otherwise you're absolutely right and i've been in business and i get that but uh i don't believe a word they say i think i think what we what you have to think about with the rickets now here's the thing people just for the you know just for the harder of thinking um what i think about right-wing politicians uh, other than the fact that there's clearly a lot of racism, Islamophobia, homophobia attached to it, is neither here nor there because it's got no. It makes no difference in the sense to who's owning the club, other than the pink thing I much just stated. What I would say is that the Ricketts family are political operators. Their 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 motivation for owning the Chicago clubs was twofold: 
One, money, making lots of it. Two, political leverage. So it was advancing their political careers. And in fact, Pete is the governor of uh, Nebraska. I'm, I think Martin is in Nebraska. I think, I think it's Nebraska, yes. Uh, Tom Ricketts was uh, uh, funding for the re-election of the president campaign. They're all very heavily involved in politics. And this kind of profile with a, with a kind of a, a, hero, uh, a hero owning of a club, if you see what I mean, just gives them more political clout and capital. That's why they're doing it. So like all politicians, I mean, just think back to every election campaign you've ever seen, but certainly more recently, every politician will promise you the world, heaven and earth. And then when you've given them their vote and they get in, they do fuck all about it. 350 million quid to the NHS, anybody? A week, anybody? You know, that's what we're talking about. You cannot trust politicians farther than you can throw them and this family are political with a capital p so as the boys have been saying or as thin lizzie said but more, more eloquently more eloquently than me and i just proved it don't believe a word because words are just lies anyway um the other thing that came out today martin that you might have noticed or actually it was yesterday uh was that apparently the ricketts have got a new uh investor who's richer than god i think which is all a bit weird. David uh, something. can't remember his name now. Oh, it's, something, it's something to do with um, the Cleveland basketball team, isn't it? Yeah. You haven't done very well. No. Well, I think he managed to piss off LeBron James. I don't think that's, a, that, I don't think that's an, an encouraging... Start. Do, no, I don't think so. I'm being a twat and I can't spell Cleveland. <laughs> Excuse me. I can't, I've, the, the, I can't remember the name in question, but it's... Apparent, apparently, Dan, was it Dan Gilbert? That's the one. That's yeah, the one. Dan, Dan Gilbert. <laughs> so it's another another name involved with one of the bids. Um, seems to be much much the same in terms of um, in terms of their business background and owning a sports team in an area, presumably for political and philanthropic reasons. Um, also, yeah, I'm just, I'm just looking at looking him up now. I don't really know that much about him. I'd, I'd only not seen that development in passing. Um, with, with regards to um, you know the political side of the Ricketts family, I mean, is could we not say the same about all the bidders? Well, that's I mean, I'm the sure, point. I'm sure. I'm sure Burley has ambitions of his own. I'm sure Stephen. Yeah. Paliuka does as well. So I, I have no, I, I mean, honestly, to, to try and be as impartial as possible. I mean, people know what my politics are, and that's up to me, and it's up to them, you know. But I have no, I don't think, I don't think somebody's politics is a good enough reason to exclude them from a bid, unless they were bloody Adolf Hitler, um, but uh, or, or or clearly not going to pass the. Um, I mean, you know, the Saudis, for example, wouldn't pass the fit and, own, fit and proper owners test now uh, because of what's happened in the Ukraine, but. I've got no problem with that per se. What I do have a problem for is people coming in to use my club to further their political career because of the clout that it will give them. I don't want I don't want our club and us as a consequence being used by people as pawns. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there are Arsenal and Manchester United fans over the last two years who will have seen the owners of their clubs lifting a, the Super Bowl, the, the Lombardi Trophy, because... That the American football teams they own won won the Super Bowl. That must be doubly frustrating for 
fans of Arsenal or Man U because they've not seen the same investment in care put in the football club as has been for the American football franchise. Yeah. I don't want that happening to us if the Ricketts win it, mainly for two, for one reason, because the World Series lasts a fucking week, so it'll take ages. <laughs> so I don't, I don't want that because if we're struggling and the Chicago Cubs are winning, that's going to frustrate the fan base. Yeah, definitely. Um, I learned a new word today, JK. You're going to like this word. You're going to love this word. If I can find it, uh, give me one sec. It's, it's in this document. It's in my doc for the uh, article I'm I'm uh, reading. Uh, have you ever heard of the expression a personal seat license? No, I have. It's almost like you you have to pay up in advance and then pay again for the yeah. the match ticket or something it's, silly like that. It's what Lords Cricket Ground like to call a debenture. That's the word. But in America, it's a personal seat license. It's a paid license that entitles the holder to the right, the right to buy season tickets. Not, not Wembley. Wembley do that. Yeah, for a certain seat in a stadium. This holder yeah. can sell the seat license to someone else if they no longer wish to purchase season tickets. This is what was very much part of the Chicago bids. They get in, it's coming here, I tell you. Anyway, on a on a different, slightly different tack, it's kind of more encouraging, really. I, I read The Telegraph had two pieces out today, or maybe it's the same piece, and I just haven't figured it out yet. But uh, basically, uh, the Broughton bid and the Bowley uh, bid look are looking to... I've just done something stupid. There we go. They're looking to explore Anfield-style redevelopment of Stamford Bridge, and uh, Bowley's group's thought to be open to the prospect of writing off the outstanding eight million quid for the uh, pitch owners, according to Matt Law. Um, so that's basically redeveloping without closing the ground yeah, off for stand, any stand, period stand of time, by, like we did in in the nineties, stand by stand, which means we don't have to move to Wembley, yeah. which would be me out. Uh, you know, so yeah, uh, I, I think mean, they've established is unbelievably difficult. Well, indeed it is. But I mean, the thing that I can't understand, JK, because we do know a little bit about this. Nobody seems to address this problem at all. Let's say they knock each stand down, stand by stand, and they can, they can, they'll get away with being able to build them the height of the east stand. I would imagine, because that still would, that would still pass the law that you've got to be able to see Richmond Hill from St Paul's well, or whatever. They could implement the, they could implement the idea that the original um, uh, uh, architect had, which was to build over the railway, and then you can build get more capacity yeah, in well, that Yeah, well, that's stand. going to cost a, a billion and a half to do. So I don't think that's a starter. But what, the point I was about to make was that they could knock down each stand and rebuild them bigger. They can be as high as the East Stand, because clearly if the East Stand's there, then it doesn't in, uh, contravene that law. Get rid of the hotel, obviously. But nobody's saying the most salient point of all of this. The reason we can't have a capacity... Well, we can't we can't do that because it's about access and egress, and we're at the max of our access and egress from Stamford Bridge at the moment because we have to chuck everybody out onto Fulham Road, which is exactly why, as you were saying, J.K., Raymond was going to have to build across the railway line to create another exit for the extra twenty odd thousand people that would be coming out the stadium. So yes. they, they, they can rebuild each stand stand by stand, but they're still going to figure out how to get people in and out. Other than Fulham Road, they can't build the shed. They can't rebuild the shed because of the right to light for the studios. I thought they won they that can't battle. No, it doesn't matter whether they take the uh, the the hotel down. It would have to be a very strange because that's on the left. That's that's to the left. It would have to be a very strange configuration because of the they they didn't win it. They didn't they, for the foundation also for the the height of the stand would impinge upon the properties. 
that was established that was why the uh, the the new version had so many seats in the east stand because that was the only way you could you could increase the capacity enormously mm. by building out over the railway line and that was and it was you were going to have the strange situation a bit like croke park in ireland of having one side hardly any seats at all because it impinged upon that's, that's the properties the, the other that's, side. That's the Aviva, not Croke Park. Yeah, it is. Croke, Croke Park's bloody oh, massive. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, but he's right, he's right. right. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've been there enough times. Again, the egress points all go oh, out. Okay, well, you road. know what I mean. You know the one yeah. where... Oh, yeah, there's only five. There's only, they've got one... Yeah, there's only five. Behind the goal, there's nothing there. Yeah, there's only five. There's only like, like ten Saints, rows. It's a bit like the Dell was originally. They had a kind of strange kind of, you know... Eight rows of seats, which, and that was which, it. And that that was in the that was in the design of the cathedral style Abramovich design. That was how that was, and those were the reasons. So I really don't understand how they can redevelop the ground unless they only do unless they do it for the same style of the original architecture, because that was the planning permission was given for that for those reasons. And and yet, so therefore, the focus becomes the East Stand complete. Well, no, the the reason that that, 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 that stadium got planning permission because they had to dig down to accommodate the increase because they couldn't build higher for the reasons that you're talking well, about. Well, and that's why it's so well, that's no, why it's so expensive. No, but also, Chich, if they do if they do get if the only area you can actually make the 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 capacity bigger is the East Stand. All they need to do is just build over the railway. Yeah. That was the idea, because yeah. that's where the foundation... Well, I think they're going to have to anyway. Yeah. That's my point. They're going to have <laughs> no, to... Because of egress, absolutely. Yeah, I know, exactly but also, that. they have to build over it to maintain... You know, I'm not an architect. I don't know about the way you, you build stuff. For, for the, but I was told that the the foundation, the, the, the pivots, whatever they stick them up, the buttresses, they stick up the back of the... Uh, of the stand need to go that far out. It's a bit like at, at Anfield. They bought the whole, all those houses along the back in order for the stand to go higher because you have to have the, the purchase down, you purchase them for the purchase. You have to have that, that area free to actually keep the, the, the structure sturdy. And, and this is why everybody who just frequently pays no attention to anything about the ground and says immediately on, on Twitter, um, yeah, just build out to the shed wall. You know, yeah, no, you're no. missing the point. It's entirely. a really good point, mate. Uh, you make an excellent point. I've just got a really great post from Claire, the lovely Claire McConnell here, and she says that uh, the concern about the politics is that the Ricketts governor of Nebraska, the Ricketts is the governor of Nebraska and is very right wing and frequently makes very offensive statements publicly, which is where all the noise has been coming from in, in, in the main. So if they own us, every time he says something offensive, the club will be asked about it. This is exactly what we do not want. It's the visibility of his position that will cause us problems, not the fact that they're all right wing. Absolutely right, Claire. It's reputational damage to... Um, well, I mean, you see, this is the thing. We don't like it. We, th- we think we're still a football club, but actually we're a global brand. And, you, you know, you ask yourself why three pulled out. Well, they're Mickey Mouse compared to a brand like Chelsea. But well, the poor reason, reception, apparently. Real, yeah, very good. They pulled out because they didn't want to be associated with uh, with Chelsea, who were being caned for the connections to Putin, etc., etc., etc. And this is how these companies think. And actually, the same can be applied back to us. We are a global brand. And if we've got owners who are spouting this kind of bile frequently, we will be tarred with that brush and we will suffer reputational damage, as well as perhaps income leaking out of the club by brands saying we don't want to be associated with that. Claire, as always, my love, you are spot on. Spot on. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't imagine members of 
Chelsea Football Club been too happy having to ask questions every time. Uh, they say something like Rainbow Laces and attention is drawn to whatever Pete Ricketts had said yeah. in the past about LGBT yeah, rights. Exactly that, exactly that. But as I said, there are millions and millions and millions of other... Um, the millions of other... Uh, yeah, mi- sorry, I just saw something else which is quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's millions and millions of other reasons why why we sh- we don't want them to get it. Basically, anyway, um, uh, quickly, chaps, trust roll in this so far. How are they doing? Excellently, mm. brilliant yeah. letters, brilliant letters sent out. Love them, absolutely love them. Quite superb. Yeah, I mean, of you've got to be in the room with these people as well, so you've had to remain relative, comparatively neutral. You can't. Do what I do, which is just basically mouth off with impunity. So, but they're they're very tactful and beautifully expressed. I really commend the writing of them. They've been excellent. Well, I'm going to read you this, which is from the lovely. I don't know if you follow him at Grumpy Nick uh, N1CK on Twitter. Socialism or barbarism? He said this. It's the best. It's the best explanation of the inenviable uh, or unenviable position that that the trust are in with all of this. A couple of things you need to understand. This takeover isn't a small endeavour. It's not Newcastle and the Saudis. It's three billion quid. There are very few individuals in the world that can do that. Roman couldn't do that alone now. With that, uh, the stakes become much higher. As much as you want to protest and say no to Ricketts, it's probably, it probably doesn't make a difference when you're buying a three billion quid asset, except the fact there might not be anything you can do. With that in mind, understand the position of the supporters' trust. They have to act with the utmost professionalism. They have to take legal advice on every little step they make. They aren't a random YouTuber. They are a democratically elected fan body. They're working behind the scenes to ensure that whatever happens in the takeover, and they have no decision-making powers, that they are getting the best deal for the fans regardless, and that includes the Ricketts if they win the bid. The trust has to work with whoever takes over. It has to retain goodwill, and that means it has to stay even-handed with each bidder. The stakes they are working for are a lot higher than any content creator or vlogger. They've talked to billionaires, no doubt forged agreements and gotten concessions out of billionaires. They've dealt with MPs, ministers, advisors, people with decades of experience in big financial purchases. And they're just fans. They aren't trying to increase followers. They're not trying to get likes. They're actually dealing with the sort of deal makers and decision makers that would squash any of us without a second thought. I would have done things differently. I don't deny that. I would have had more comms going out. I'd have been playing bidders off against each other and trying to win the PR game. But you have to remember, these wealthy people have the best PR and the best lawyers you can buy. One day, we're going to be so thankful for the work the Trust have done on our behalf. I'm sure of it. Uh, And I I saw that and I messaged Nick and I said, mate, I could give you a big hug and a kiss. You've just put that better than I ever could. Because he's absolutely spot on, Martin. Yeah, I mean... He's certainly put it better than I did just now. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's a thankless task because everyone will have an opinion on how you should approach it. I would also have done things slightly differently, but if you asked me what that would have been, I'd just be humming and hawing for the next five minutes trying to trying to formulate an answer. Yeah. So, you know, I don't envy the position you've been put in. I think some of the some of the comments from people have been out of line and completely out of order well actually they've been slanderous martin to, to, i think if, to it's accuse, libelous isn't it if it's printed. yeah libelous <laughs> exactly that it's like libelous because you know to, to accuse people on the trust of taking bribes and taking money 
for this. I mean, the, the best thing I can say about that, apart from that, is completely untrue. We don't do it for money. We do it because we love the club and the supporters. It's that simple. We we are beyond that. I think the people who are making that uh, those accusations say more about themselves and their own projections than anything else. And I will leave it there. Uh, anyway, apart from the fact that I will say this, is that if you want to uh, do something, you know, obviously support whatever you can support and whoever you can support. But of course, you know, there are more tangible ways you can do that. And one of them is to buy a Chelsea pitch owner share. Um, because that actually is the most important thing that we've got in the whole damn thing, because we've already got elements of what people call the golden share, which protects the heritage of the club and things like the location and the stadium, etc., etc. So if you want to own a uh, piece of the freehold of the stadium that protects it being sold uh, out from under our feet, making sure that we play football at Stamford Bridge forever, even if we get a new stadium, which we I think the CPO are absolutely in favour of, um, then go and get one. Uh, the shares are priced between 110 quid for an electronic share up to about 173 quid for a frame share signed by a Chelsea player. Uh, you just have to go to the ChelseaFC.com website, search for Chelsea pitch owners. And talking of the trust, um, you know, people who are on the outside throwing stones at the trust are more than welcome to join it. There is nothing stopping you. You can even join for free. You don't get to vote in anything, but you can. Uh, but actually, you know, why not pay the five quid a year to be a member? And then you can get your, you know, you can tell the, you know, that survey that was released at the weekend was surveying the members of the trust, you lot, you know. And if they'd have said, you know what, uh, people on the board, we want the Ricketts bid to, to, to win 80% at Wolfers Warner, then we would have to abide by that because it's a member-driven organisation. So stop, don't moan from the outside looking in, join it. If you don't like what they do, change it by joining it. Stand for election. You know, the elections are open and free and fair. Anybody can stand. Do it that way, you know. Why not? Anyway, five quid a year is the subscription. Um, you do get your voice heard. We have AGMs and all the... Co- you know, I say this every week. You should know it by now. But anyway, ChelseaSupportersTrust.com. That's the place to go. and You can join up. Now, we'll be back in a minute for part four. And they look ahead to the Real Madrid game. Aye? Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Football Fancast.com. Welcome back, Stafford Chidge here, Chelsea Fancast, part four, the home straight with me and JK. Oh. And Martin. Hello. There we go. And uh, I cannot tell you how excited I am for Wednesday night. I've been waiting for this moment since 1971, when I didn't even know that I was waiting for this moment. I've always wanted to see Chelsea play Real Madrid at Stamford Bridge, the home of football, the real home of football. And I was denied the opportunity by COVID. And I was really pissed off about it. Uh, Now, of course, I'm, I'm touching all sorts of wood here. Because I'm going to a gig tomorrow night. I went to the football on Saturday and I'm praying that I don't go down with the Rona before then, which means I would have to miss it because I really, really am desperately wanting to go. So much so that I've longed off all my clients that afternoon and I will be there because it's 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 one of the great, great teams, one of the great matches. But uh, before we get into that, let's talk about an even greater team, JK, which is the one that I've picked for Wednesday. And it is Mendy. It's... Uh, it's- are you going to say sorry yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. Okay, probably, Mendy probably a good idea Mendy yeah. Rudiger Silva 
Take four. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. Your yeah. your your Wi-Fi's up the old Fanny Craddock again, mate. Seriously, you might want to turn your video off. You might get more bandwidth. Seriously. Anyway, Mendy, Rudiger, Silva, Aspilicueta, Pulisic, Jorginho, Kante, James, Mount, Havertz, and Ziyech. It's basically the same team that I kind of picked for uh, for Brentford, apart from the fact that there's one one essential difference, and that is that I've got Christian Pulisic in, in instead of Alonso, because I think you've got to try and find a way to get Pulisic in here, given how he rinsed them last year. And also, he's the only person we might have available who could fill in as a left wing back if if uh, Alonso is as shocking as he was against Brentford. So I'm going to go from both JK first. Hopefully his Wi-Fi is okay and he can hear me good and proper. What do you reckon, JK? Um, you haven't picked Alonso then? No. Pulisic instead. Yeah, I don't think he's terribly good playing that position, though. That's the trouble. Um, oh, you couldn't put him in otherwise, could you? No. Um, I wonder whether Alonso might get a reprieve. But uh, yes, he, he needs to play. But uh, I thought he might play him instead of Zayek. Um, well, then he might even not play Mount and play Pulisic up there with Zayek. Um, uh, and play. Uh, so I, I actually think he'll play Alonso uh, with Georgina. And I think he'll play Kovacic and Kante. Um, well, otherwise, yeah, Rudiger Silva. Um, and uh, so who's missing? Rudiger Silva, Spilicueta. Um, uh, uh, Christensen, uh, uh, but he's still, I don't uh, think he's fit. Is he still injured? Yeah, okay. Well, Rush. if he is, he'll play Dave there with James and he'll play the five, yeah. I just don't think he'll play Pulisic in the wing-back position because he just isn't, um, he's not good enough there. I think he'll play Pulisic, not play Zayek, and he'll play Alonso even though Alonso was terrible at the weekend because he plays better in the five. Uh, um, or, as we say, he might he might play Alonso with Pulisic instead of Mount uh, and play Zayek as well. So I'm, I'm hedging my bets here. Um, but I think Rudiger Silvaspi is correct. James will definitely play. Kante will play. But he could play, I suspect he'll play Kovacic from the beginning and possibly bring Jorginho on. Or it might be the other way around. So uh, uh, um, um, who knows, Chidge? But yes, there's a, the, um, uh, you know I admire your saying you want that team because it could very well be that team. But then again, it might not be. We just don't know, do we, Martin? What do you reckon, mate? Make some sense of that if you can. Oh well, this is an assumption that Christiansen's fit. James on the left. So Pulisic to replace either Zayac or Mount. I haven't worked out which one. So Pulisic is forward. Um, James plays left wing back as Pulisic plays right wing back and Christensen slots in in the centre. And I also think it will be uh, Kovacic Kante. Hmm. He's not madly keen on that. He played that for a brief period when he brought James on instead of Alonso, yeah. didn't he? But it was, it was, it was the first time across. I'd seen him. Yeah, but it was the first time I'd seen him do that. And I'm wondering if... If it's an if it's an emergency measure, then he may have to do it. I mean, I mean it's, he's be, the person whoever's on the left will be up against Carvalho, won't they? So they could be quite busy defensively. I'm not sure that that wouldn't be using Pulisic to his best, the well, best of his abilities if he's having to track back all the time. I think it'd be far more dangerous floating in the front three because, like you say, he was bloody brilliant last year in that role. I think that's a really good point, Martin. But I think it's interesting. But also, that- he's on fire. 
Yeah, I mean, we all we all agree. Just... Yeah, we we all agree that we want Pulisic to play, which I think yeah. you know because we obviously remember how well he did last year. I mean, actually, I read a I read a, a preview of this. Um, and I can't remember where it was from. Actually, not my usual source, but they they reckon that we're going to go three four two one. Mondi, Christensen, uh, Silva, Rudiger, James, Conte, Kovacic, Alonso, Mount, Ziyech, Havertz. So pretty similar to mine, apart from Christensen and Alonso. Um, they reckon Real Madrid are going to go Courtois, Danny Car- Car- Carvalho, uh, Militao, Al- 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 Do you Alaba. want me to say it? <laughs> I'm really struggling. Alaba, Mondi, uh, Luka Modric, Casemiro, Tony Cruz, Rodrigo, Benzema, and Vinicius Jr. That's pretty much their first team. I think they might have even played that team against P- PSG when they walloped them 3-1. Um I mean, the interesting thing is, chaps. My, my. I mean, I, I've, I've, I've actually weirdly been quite positive about this since the draw came out because, I, you know, we, we said this last year, and I thought we were we were way better than Real Madrid. Okay, they had a different manager than in Zidane. They've now got Carlo, who's pretty good. Let's be honest, Carlo Ancelotti. But I still think that they're an aging team, and I still think that if we've got our press right and our energy levels right and are at it, they won't live with us. The only threat they've got, I think really is I mean Modric I know is a very good player but he's getting a lot older Tony Cruz is a good player I accept that but Benzema's the main threat I mean he's he's on fire at the moment he's scoring all their goals funny he's got the hat-trick against PSG didn't he so if you can snuff out Benzema and we've got we've got I mean I know he scored that cracking goal against us didn't he in the uh in the home leg yeah yeah so you know, we know that he's capable of, uh, of of doing the biz. No, he didn't. I'm talking absolute pork pies. He scored. He scored for them in the away leg. I got it the wrong way around. So you know, and it was a good goal too. So he's a threat. If we can snuff him out, I think we've got the legs and the power and the physicality to just absolutely, you know, hammer them like we did last time round. Unless you know what, Martin, what has changed? Um. Well, the manager for Real Madrid, Real Madrid, man. I mean, I think in our favour is that we've had a year under Tuchel since, or nearly a year under Tuchel since. So if anything, they should be able to play to that game plan even more effectively. Um, I don't think Real Madrid press as much as other teams do, and that's where we have struggled on occasion. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of veterans on the Real Madrid team. I mean, I, thought, I think Vinicius is a bit of a threat, but apart from that, I mean, their key players are all the wrong side of thirty. Now that's that shouldn't that shouldn't hold them back. After all, our defence is held together by a thirty-seven-year-old. But that's a lot um, of experience, isn't it? A lot. It's a lot of experience. But they they definitely struggled against us last year because we outran them and stretched them out. I think they're a little bit better in defence now with Alaba. But um, he's they got on re- a bit too, though. He is. Well, they, he came in and um, Varane Varane left for yeah. Man U. So. We shall see. I mean, I think you know. It's, I'm I'm really looking forward to it as well, just for the chance to you know play Real Madrid. The key thing here for me is if we play the team and not the name and the badge, I think we've got a very good chance. If we play, I don't think ever. Sorry, say say Martin. Sorry. If 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 they you know if they go all oh, the you know Real Madrid, Real Madrid, Real Madrid, thirteen time champions and all this, and they freeze a little bit that could be problematic, but I don't see why they should do that when they yeah. comfortably handled them last year. Yeah, why would we do that when we beat them? Tuchel, does, Tuchel doesn't when get them. When the, the, the brain does funny things, Joko. <laughs> I, I know, but I don't think, I, I think this is a, 
Well, you mean it is in front of a crowd. It'll be in front of our crowd. Remember, it was played in front of no crowd. That does give it a difference. But um, um, Benzema, from my um, watching the game, watching the three goals against PSG, was handed the first goal. The second goal happened immediately, and he was almost handed that one. It was comical. They they forgot how to they forgot how to play football. It was unbelievably bad. Slightly similar to us against Brentford, but the (laughs) the, uh, good point. The his hat trick was. um, wasn't because you know I thought PSG should have won easily. PSG were all over them. Um, it was just that uh, ten minutes of madness. Um, uh, oh, I've heard that before. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think they're a great side. I think uh, we just need to step up and play with the same energy we played against them last year. And we, we uh, other than Chilwell, our first team is is absolutely capable enough of of beating them. Um, not easily, but but playing in the same way with the energy and just preventing them from playing. And uh, and winning it, so uh, but he is a decent player, Benzema. But you you just have to stop him from shooting because um, he he has a dip from anywhere. Lukaku could learn a few things from him. Uh, I was watching Jimmy Floyd score some goals a weekend on video, and he just makes you realise what a proper striker's all about. It's just having a dip from wherever you are and um, uh, and looking as if you want to score, unlike the the strange player that we've uh, we've bought for a ludicrous amount of money. Um, but yes, uh, um, uh, it's going to be fabulous. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Really, 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 really am looking forward to this. This is what this is what you pay your money for year in year out games like this. Um, the other the only other thing of, of note is that I've heard that um, two things regarding Ancelotti. Actually, number one is I think he might might have COVID. Uh, his son was uh, in charge at the weekend against Celta. Who did they play? Celta Vigo, I think. Vigo. Yeah. Uh, so he may have may not be turning up, which would be a shame because I love Carlo Ancelotti. I really do. The other thing is that the criticism of them this season, I mean, they're they're, they're quite you know, well clear at the top of La Liga, but apparently they 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 are prone to inconsistency, as was always the case with Ancelotti. They're capable of a brain fart. I mean, they lost four nil to Barca, arguably the worst Barca side in 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 recent history. In recent, they memory. are much they are much better now. If yeah. I watched that game and they got. Real Madrid got absolutely humped. Yeah, it but was... Barca are not the Barca that we knew and hated. Nope, but they are. I think they're on the way back. I, I, I would laugh my cock off if West Ham beat them in the Europa League. Wouldn't you? Even though I can't stand West Ham, it would really make me laugh. I would be choosing which bollock I wanted to punch myself I know, and I know, pick a winner from that one. I know, all, <laughs> all, all of that, but it would be so funny. I cannot stand Barcelona. I cannot I, stand I, them. I, uh, I'm ambivalent. I mean, I I would laugh at West Ham winning the first leg and then getting mullered oh, in yeah, the second. Yeah. I'd settle for that. I'd settle for that yeah. definitely. So there we go. So inconsistency and no no Carlo possibly JK might might help a little bit. Uh, yes, I think if he's not there, that would be a, a definite plus. Um, uh, I didn't know his son was a was a manage was manager material. Um, he's worked alongside him at Everton as well. Oh, did he? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I was hoping that he, when he came with Everton, there were a few Carlo shouts and he ignored them completely. So um, seeing him there wouldn't have had the same. You can't get a reaction from him. You never could anyway, apart from a raised eyebrow. I mean, he occasionally, I think, put his arm vaguely up, didn't he? When he shouted, I still like I, I like. No, Carlo. no, I'm, I'm a great oh, manager. I'm one of the, you know, should never have been sacked. No. An awful, it's awful. An awful. Yeah. It's, a, it's a shame Hazard's injured because he would wave and he'd probably piss off all of their 
wanker television yeah, journalist in the process. Yeah. Well, in even the, if he turns process. up, he turns up in a suit and waves. He'll still piss them off. Yeah, so. yeah. exactly. Well, if he just gets out of bed in the morning, I think he pisses them off. They really don't like him. No, good, good stuff. All right, well, okay, Martin, what are you going to go for, mate? Oh, I am. Hmm, I'm going to say two nil Chelsea, but that's because I ain't going to predict us to draw. I think we. Again, like Brentford, we made a quick start, get on top of them, and then run them ragged. I think we need to we need to take advantage of home advantage of the first leg. There's no away goals now, but I still want to. I still want us to make hay in the first leg. I still, I still think that's uh, the slight difference from last year when we played them is that, of course, we had the home leg leg second, and I do think that's still an advantage even without the away goals. So that does worry me a bit. So you want to be taking a lead there, J.K. Surely. I would hope for 2-0. Yeah. That's what I hope for. Um, I think they might score. Uh, and it, we need to score 3-1. Three, three, I don't know. It depends whether we've got our shooting boots on. I was disappointed in Havertz um, almost scoring on two occasions. I thought he got that out of his system, you know, rolling it past when he's got into a good position or... The header uh, as well, wasn't it? Yeah, the header. He should have yeah. scored the header. Exactly yeah. the same, because he gets into these very good positions. But, you know, I, if he's back to his best, then he'll score. So uh, um, it's a shame about the weekend because we, we had been playing so well. And uh, and all those players that we were had doubted. I'm, I have to say, I don't... I keep going. We talked about it before. I think playing Werner was a, was was ridiculous because he should have played the players in form um, um, because he's he's set us back slightly. But they can, you know, I'm convinced he'll get them to recreate their their form that they had before and the form they had against Real Madrid last year because um, I think the players do rise to the occasion as well. I tell you what, I'm still quite a I'm quite a fan of starting Jorginho in this one because I think if 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 Real Madrid aren't going to like run around like crazy pressing us everywhere, we're we're going to get we won't have to win the ball it's much. True. And he he's really good at keeping hold of it and and uh, distributing it. So that's I, I, true. Yes, those those are, yeah, those are positives, aren't they, Chich? Yeah, You're right. I, I, that's why that's why I picked him with Kante. You know. So anyway, we'll see. We'll all see on Wednesday. We'll all see about. Uh, seven. Was it six forty-five? The team will be out, and I'll be in the cock having my third pint again. Actually, I won't because I've got to drive up on Wednesday, so I shall not be drinking. Uh, but there you go. I can't wait. Really looking forward to it. Just to remind everybody that we've played Real Madrid five times since nineteen seventy-one, and we've won three times and we've drawn twice. So there we go. So the uh, the the uh, Cup Winners' Cup final, one-one and two-one in the replay. We beat them one-nil in the UEFA Super Cup. And of course, we drew one-one out there when we should have battered them about three and four. If truth were to be told, and we won two-nil at home. So let's hope that wonderful tradition continues. And I'm going to go for two-one actually. Okay, I'm a bit worried, like J.K., that we're going to have a goal, but I clearly hope it's going to be a lot more than that because it'll be cracking if we do. We lovely to get through to the semi-finals again. Right, that is all we've got time for this week. It is. I'm sorry to say, no, no, not this week. For 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 tonight is what I'm really saying. I just didn't bother changing the script from last week. Uh, but J.K. and I will be back with you on Thursday night at seven thirty p.m. So a different time and a different day. Just because I like to fuck you all up occasionally. Uh, but basically, it's still the Friday night preview show. But the reason it's on the Thursday is that I'm I will be in Leeds on Friday night, uh, losing my mind to killing joke. Um, but we will be looking back. I mean, we're also a man down on, on, on Thursday. I think it's Clayton can't do it, but uh, J.K. and I will soldier on if we have to. 
Uh, we'll be looking back at obviously Wednesday night's match against Real Madrid and we'll be catching up on all the latest Chelsea news and previewing the Southampton match. And we will, of course, be joined by the mellifluous Adam Newson of London. Good old Adam will be with us, which will be nice. Uh, so there you go. Um, quick shout out for the Patreon people. I love you. It's that simple. I love you. And you're very generous and very long suffering and patient with me. Uh, I'm having a week off in a couple of weeks, so I might find some time to send you all the bloody banners that you've been waiting for for months. I've got a whole stash of them, so I'll do that and um, I mean, week off uh, after Easter Monday. Uh, apologies for the delay as ever. But if you do want to contribute, donate, get involved, be lovely, support us, it's patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no tears. There's none of that nonsense. If you just want to bung us a few quid a month, brilliant. If you don't, I still love you. Um, but if you do, you will be entitled to a, a Kerry Dixon mini banner. And of course, you can join our Discord group, which is great fun. Lots of very, very, very good people in there, many of whom are in Mixler on a Monday and a, and a Friday as well. So there you go. Uh, you can follow the show uh, on uh, social media at Chelsea Fancast. If you want to send emails, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Chelsea Fancast. But even better, much more preferable would be to send it via email, ChelseaFancast at gmail.com. And please send them on Sunday. Not Monday, Sunday. So the two people that sent them today, very nice, lovely emails, but they won't be read out until next week. Okay, uh, right. You can follow Jonathan Kidd at Jonathan Kidd, Martin Wickham at Martin underscore Wickham, and me at Stamford Chidge. There you go, Martin. Uh, seeing you every week is absolutely delightful, and then seeing you in the pub uh, before and after on a match day couldn't be better than that. Great to see you. Yep, and I hope you see you Wednesday. You will indeed. I shall be leaving about just trying to think when my client is uh about four o'clock so i hope to be up to london by six that's my plan cool good stuff okay. there we go so i'll see you in the cock shortly afterwards uh jk hi lovely to see you thank you always great to see you on a monday night and uh, i look forward to seeing you on thursday it might just be me and you on thursday do you think we can cope um can, can i bring my imaginary friend i think you normally do anyway don't you oh that's true but i'll i'll, I'll get them to be more vocal okay fine you can bring whoever you want uh, Thank you. So there you go. Lovely to see you. Good show tonight. Enjoyed it immensely. Really looking forward to Wednesday as well. So there you go. Uh, probably won't see you on the Wednesday, but uh, enjoy the game. I know you will. Have a go. Lovely. And uh, I will see you on Thursday night. Uh, and as for you lot in Mixler, you're lovely too. Well done. It's been great fun seeing you all in there as always. Thank you for listening. See you on Thursday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep it chills. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.